Hey, what's up, everybody? If you can find your seats, we'll get started. Thanks for being here tonight. Um, particularly if you're new and you don't know me, my name's Micah Went. Uh, I'm on staff here with the College Ministry. Been on staff for now five years, uh, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, my wife, Julie, and I are praying about what God could have for us in the next season. And it's made me think that, like, my entire life for eight years has revolved around the midweek college program. Uh, yeah, it's been, like, maybe the most shaping thing of my last decade of living. Uh, and I really hope that's true of all of you as well. Um, for those of you that have been here the last couple of weeks, uh, thank you for praying for me while I was gone. Uh, I was just in India and Nepal visiting a couple of churches there and praying about what God would have for us in the future and where we might be leaving. Um, and I just know that you guys were praying and sending me texts and encouragements, uh, and that's just a really big deal to me. Uh, got back just in time for Thanksgiving, and more importantly, the Spotify wrap-up day. Yeah, it's my favorite day. It should be a national holiday. I, like, I only download Instagram once every like two or three months and check it out for the day, and I downloaded it yesterday so I could look at all of y'all's raps, uh, and it was awesome. <laughs> Um, tonight, I'm not really planning on preaching. This isn't going to be 25, 35, 40 minutes. Uh, I really just kind of want to give a lot of attention to the after dark that's coming right after this. Uh, and more than that, I just wanted to kind of process the trip and process what God's been doing in my heart. And maybe that'll have something for you as well. Uh, so I have one slide tonight. There we go. Now, we had two new musicians on stage today. Can we just give them a hand? <laughs> Volunteering their time and talents to the ministry. For you graphic-minded people, if this slide doesn't scream we need your help, I don't know what will. Uh, this is what happens when I'm in charge, okay? So if you are a graphic-minded person, we could desperately need you here. <laughs> So uh, these are the verses we're going to be in tonight. I'm not going to put them on the screen. I'd love for you to just follow along if you've got a Bible in the book of Acts. Um, but here's why we're turning to Acts. Uh, last week, two weeks ago, I was in India with a church there. Uh, and India was unlike any place I have ever been before. Uh, 20, no, 1.3 billion people in the country uh, 20 million in Delhi, where I flew in. I spent most of my time in this town called Raipur, which is a small city of a million people. Uh, and not only was just the culture something different and the people were different than what um, I've met in the past, um, but the church and the pastors there were unique and different in ways that I hadn't seen before. Um, reading, well, talking to the pastors about their day-to-day -day life and their week-to-week -week ministry was like reading a page out of the book of Acts. Uh, the level of persecution and violence and threat of imprisonment and death that these guys face on the day-to-day -day was very, very sobering for me. Uh, if you're in a D group, you got an email from me uh, while I was in India processing the trip. I've heard it was a little sobering and probably needed a second draft. I'm seeing a couple of nodding heads here. Uh, God was just doing a lot in me <laughs> in India. Because um, not only were these pastors met with significant threat of danger and imprisonment and death, but the Spirit met them in supernatural ways, uh, just like what we read about in Acts. Um, and that really, I don't know, affected me in a lot of ways. 
uh, because the threat of danger that they face compels them to share Jesus more. Uh, it compels them to be more intentional about their relationships and their gospel presentations and the time they spend with people. Um, and that really convicted me about my ministry, my personal life, how I lead this ministry. Um, and I've just been thinking and praying about that, which while I was gone really led me to Acts, um, particularly because uh, Andrew asked me to preach on Jesus calling us to go uh, tonight. And so that's what we're going to look at in Acts, just three passages that kind of trace this story in Acts. And it's just what I've been praying and thinking about over the last couple of weeks. So if you've got your Bibles, first verse we're going to read is uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus says this, speaking to his disciples, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Super famous verse, right? A lot of you have probably heard it. You're going to receive power and you are going to be witnesses for Jesus. That's going to start in your city, Jerusalem, basically stretch that out into your county and your country and to the very ends of the earth. So it's this huge call to go, to go be a witness, to go talk about Jesus to the people that you meet and encounter. And when we think about that call, I think sometimes we think about it as like this special adventure, right? Like we think about missions, we think about going as something that we might raise a lot of money for and go on this tailored adventure somewhere in the world. And I love that. And uh, when you come back in January, hopefully we're going to have a couple of those trips planned, and I'm going to try and convince you to go on them. Because it's those sorts of trips that have been significantly impactful in my life. Uh, I changed my major after I went to Nepal for the first time because I felt God was calling me into ministry, not medicine. And I didn't want to study OCHEM for four hours a day anymore. Uh, it was other trips that taught me that I actually really love teaching and preaching. And this might be something that God is calling me to do. Short-term trips, tailored adventures are significant. But that's not always what going means. And that's not actually what we see happen in the book of Acts. So turn to me to chapter 8. You get this huge call to go and be a witness. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. And here's how it actually plays out. In Acts chapter 7, uh, the very first person dies for their faith in Jesus. Uh, Stephen, who was this leader in the church, is pulled into this crowd. And as he's preaching, he angers all the wrong people. And they stone him to death. And here's what happens immediately following that. Chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of Stephen's ex execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So we get this call to go to, for Jesus. But actually, people didn't really want to go. The reason they went is because they were persecuted and threatened and were forced to scatter. And it wasn't even like the leaders of the church. It said the apostles were the ones that stayed in Jerusalem. But the very first people to go were these like nameless scattered Christians that were a part of Jerusalem. And not because they wanted to, not because they felt called, they were forced to go. And now let's see what those people accomplish. Chapter 11. 
Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And you can step down to verse 26 with me. It says, when Barnabas and Saul found them for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So you get this nameless scattered group of Christians out of Jerusalem. And as they're scattered, as they're persecuted, as they're going, they go to Cyprus and Cyrene and Antioch. And as they're telling people about Jesus, what happens? A great many people come to know the Lord and a church is started in Antioch. It's actually the, like the very first church plant in the world, and Antioch becomes like the center of church planting in this whole world. And it's in this church that people are for the very first time called Christians. And it's not the apostles who did this. It's not Peter or Paul or James or Philip. It's these nameless scattered Christians Names that we don't know, stories that we don't know. People that maybe didn't feel called to go, didn't feel passionate and inspired to go, but they simply went, and as they went, they were sharing Jesus. So two things out of that that I've just been thinking a lot about. The first is this. Um, like I said, the people who started this first, this first church, the people who were very first called Christians, we don't know who they are. It just says it's the scattered Christians. They weren't super well-educated. They weren't super well-trained. They had just been a part of this church in Jerusalem for probably a couple of months. And yet these are the ones who were going and preaching the word and sharing Jesus and starting churches. Uh, at least uh, in our eyes, there's nothing special or extraordinary about these people. You know, every time I preach, uh, I have this list of things I pray through uh, before I start my sermon process. And one of the very first things it says is ordinary pastors preaching decent sermons change the world. Ordinary pastors preaching decent sermons change the world. Uh, that's the only way I can get up here and do what I do. Uh, it's the only way I can calm my nerves enough that it's simply ordinary people preaching decent sermons that change the world. And the same can be said of all of us. It's just ordinary Christians sharing decent gospel presentations that change the world. Nothing special about these people, nothing about their education, their training. They simply had the power that Jesus told them they would have, and they went and shared Jesus with people. And they didn't even want to go. That's the second thing we kind of pull out of this. They didn't feel called. They didn't feel inspired. They probably didn't feel passionate. They left because they were forced to. And yet, as they went, they were sharing Jesus with everyone they met, and God accomplished great things through that. So the big challenge that I've just been thinking about and that I would hope is on our hearts as well is can we be these sorts of Christians? Those who maybe even we're not, we're not called to go, maybe when we don't feel like we're supposed to go, wherever we are, we know that we have the power that Jesus promises us and that he's going to meet us in that as we go, as we share, as we simply talk about what we know, sharing decent gospel presentations and trust that God is going to change the world through that.
I know a lot of us are going to be going places where we don't want to go. Uh, that might even be true of you going back to your hometown for Christmas break. Uh, that could be true of your internship or your job or the classes you're going to. And can you have the same sort of attitude and trust in God that he's going to work miraculous things through you, even if it doesn't feel like the adventure that mission sometimes is, even if it's not the tailor-made adventure that we sometimes think going for Jesus is? Can we simply go with this attitude of I'm going to share Jesus and trust that God is going to do incredible things? And here's why we can trust in that. That same power that Jesus promises in Acts Chapter 1, verse 8, it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, and it's the same power that lives in you if you have faith in Jesus. It's the very same power that these scattered Christians took to Cyprus and Cyrene and Antioch. And if you have faith in Jesus, that he was killed for your sin and that he rose from the dead, then the Holy Spirit, that same power, is within you. And you can have the same trust that God can use you just as he used all of these scattered, nameless Christians who we don't know their names now, but I guarantee we will in heaven. And I guarantee they will be honored uh, as those who did what they were told and simply shared Jesus. And if you are unfamiliar with that message, um, let me just tell you this. Uh, Jesus is appealing enough and powerful enough that all of these people left their homes and chose persecution and danger for the sake of his name because they believed so much in his resurrection. And if that's an unfamiliar message to you, uh, if the idea of leaving your home uh, simply because you believe in this God is foreign to you, um, I just ask you to continue to be a part of what we do here, continue to ask questions, because I promise you that if you meet Jesus, if you meet this God that we sing to, even though it's kind of weird sometimes, I promise that he's going to meet you with the same power, the same trust, the same love that he's met so many of us here, the same way that he met these scattered Christians in the book of Acts. Amen? So that's it for me. I wanted to keep a pretty short message.